As a sales manager, you are judged by the performance of your team and you're praised when they do well. But one thing that you've not been able to figure out is how to get everyone on your team consistently hitting quota every single month. On the Snack Size Sales Podcast, we discuss the science of selling STEM. Sales leadership in the science, technology, engineering, and manufacturing fields is difficult. You will learn from sales managers just like you that will give you actionable insights and tips on how to develop as a leader and achieve your revenue targets every single month. So pop your headphones in and get ready to listen to my guests today. They will give you information and inspiration to ensure that you have actionable insights that you can put into place today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Today, I have Carolyn Gonzalez with me. How are you, Carolyn? I am good, Wesley, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to be interviewing you today. So let me tell you a little bit more about Carolyn. She was born and raised in Puerto Rico, and she moved to Florida in 2006. She is the mother to two sons. She has a bachelor's degree in chemistry, for all the chemists out there, and an MBA in strategic management and leadership. She has over 25 years of combined experiences in the life science industry. She spent the last 20 in sales. So Carolyn, you spent 20 years in sales and you have a degree in chemistry. Tell me, how did you start your career to how you got to where you are today? Yes, like you said, I was born in Puerto Rico and growing up in the island, I always thought that I wanted to do something in science. I thought I was going to be a doctor, then an engineer. But the reality is that when I went to college, then I chose chemistry. And the reason I chose chemistry, honestly, was because back then there was a big number of pharmaceutical companies established in the island, given some, you know, incentive. And um, I knew I was going to find a job. So it was it was a simple decision back then. But I'm really, really happy that I made that decision. So I started working for a multinational pharmaceutical company as a chemist. That was my first job in the bench. And then I moved to another role within that pharmaceutical company in the quality system, which is that's where I started dealing a bit more with the vendor side because I was auditing suppliers and working on that side of the business, qualifying new vendors. And I got familiar. And this one day I'm sitting with one of my vendors. He was a local distributor. He offered me a job in sales. He said he was looking for someone with my technical background, but my personality. And I guess by personality, he meant my people skills. That's how I started in sales. Wow. I love that someone who they said, hey, I want your technical background, but I want your personality. Because I feel like so many times today, us as sales leaders, we just focus on the person who has the five years of sales experience, the 10 years of sales experience. Maybe they have technical background, maybe they don't, but we're, we've moved so far away from the grooming and the mentoring of salespeople. Correct, correct. And so I decided to take the chance. He gave me the chance and obviously it went really well. I'm happy I made that decision. I started, that was in 2001. I spent about two years with that company. Then I moved to another distribution company. And then with that company, I moved in Florida, like you said, in 2006. 
I continued in sales, taking different roles, right? Different chances, always learning and growing. And it was, you know, it was a progressive career. And while I was already here establishing Freuda, then there was another company that reached out and um, asked me if I was interested in a different job. And I was really excited about this one. This is the previous company that I was working for, where I spent almost 10 years of my career. Um, I was excited because they asked me to cover the southeast of U.S., the territory, including Puerto Rico, right? So that gave me the chance to go back and continue working with the people that I, ha I had already built a relationship, the customers in Puerto Rico. I was very comfortable, of course. But then in the rest of the region here, I had to meet new people. But, of course, me being a, a people's person, I love it. I was excited about learning new customer, new ways of doing business, right, and other regions, other states in U.S. So with this company, back then it was called EMD Chemicals, today it's called Millipore Sigma. I started as an account manager, the regional account manager for the southeast of U.S. and Puerto Rico, like I said. Spent about two, three years doing that role, and then in 2013, they um, promoted me, offered me the job of a sales manager for the same geography, now I was managing a team of combined experts. Some people were selling ingredients and some people were selling filtration system because that was after the company acquired a filtration system in the life science industry in the U.S. So I did that for two years and after two years the company, and it went well, of course, I learned a lot. I had a learning curve because I didn't know much about the other uh, the filtration system of the business. However, as a manager, right, it was more, more my job more focused on helping the team to succeed, removing obstacles, internal obstacles, coaching, joining them, helping them to achieve our goals. And I enjoyed that very much. I got to learn a lot. However, then the company came up with another role, a brand new created role because they wanted to add focus to a certain part of the portfolio where I had a lot more experience, right? It was the Xipian's portfolio. And um, I applied for the job. I had to come up with a business plan, a proposal on how I thought I was going to be able to add focus and growth. And I applied it and I got the job. Got the job. It was a lot of unknown in that job. However, I took the chance and um, it went very well. I did that for um, about a year and a half. There was another acquisition and then the company uh, restructured and then I was offered a job, a similar job, but now to cover Latin America, a different region. And that was also a great experience for me because then I got to learn other markets outside the, the U.S. Um, I was covering from Mexico to Brazil. I had a, a group of people that I was leading directly, but also a group of people that I was leading indirectly, right, what you call by influence, given I had the responsibility of the portfolio, but they had a local structure in their respective countries, and I was making sure, no influence in driving the strategy, driving the growth of my portfolio in that region. Wow. So you have had such a dynamic career, and I, I like that you took risk, you know, I think so many times in life we're too comfortable and where we are and we don't take a risk. And so you took a risk, you moved from Puerto Rico to Florida, right? That was a risk in and of itself. Then they said, hey, we want you to become a sales manager. You've been selling and you had to take over a new business line. 
Then you took another risk when you said, okay, I'm going to start covering Latin America. Uh, yes, I do speak Spanish, but I don't know anything about what they're doing in Latin America. And so it sounds like you taking risks have really helped propel your career. Absolutely, Wesleyan. I was going to say that's exactly the key. At least it's been the key in my career, taking risks. And I, and I strongly believe that that's life in general, right? You have to take risks. Every decision that we make in life is a risk because we don't know what's going to be the result. So I think taking risk, it's been key for the growth. And I think it's the same in business, right? And in sales, we have to take risks. We have to take challenges. We have to put ourselves out there. I mean, every time we try and reach out to a new customer, that's a risk, right? We don't know how the, the customer is going to respond. How are they going to behave? If they have the need, if they want to talk to us or not, but I mean, I honestly think that salespeople were risk taker for the most part, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you're not a risk taker and you're in sales, you're probably not hitting your quota too well because you can't be safe. You can't always follow that dotted line. You really have to say, ah, well, it doesn't seem like it makes logical sense, but let me try it, right? So tell us about your current role. How, what in your previous roles have helped you in your current role? Correct. So yes, like I said, so I was in that company for almost 10 years. I did different roles and I'm really grateful to the leadership in that company because they exposed me to different things and they also provide me with the tools, a lot of training. Of course, it's a, it's a bigger company, so it had already a lot of um, systems in place established that I got to use. I was basically right a end user. I didn't establish those systems, but I was a user. So I understood the power of those systems, especially right for us in sales. Well, a couple of things. For us in sales, it's important to have a good CRM system, right? In our case, and free advertisement, in our case, it was salesforce.com. It's a strong tool. And I got to use it there in my, in my previous company. Another thing that's important is that we have robust systems in place, meaning there were automatic systems that facilitate for the account manager, for the salespeople to get information and also as well for the customers. Meaning, you know, in the life science industry, you typically, customer needs a lot of documentation, regulatory, compliance, right, statements, all those kind of things. That organization made sure that it was easy for the customer to have access to that documentation, to the information, samples, specifications, all those kind of things, right? And I think it's important to make sure that we create an environment that make it easy for our customers to do business with us. And that also create an environment that makes the job of the sales team a lot easier so they can focus on seeding right and driving the pipeline and growing and 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 having meetings with customers and building the the relationship and do what we like to do which is sales right of course there is a lot of things that we have to do around that but being that time there and having the chance to implement you know work with these new groups and in the case of this role that i took that it was very unknown i had to come up with a tactical plan Together with marketing, it was a team effort, of course. Working in team is also key. That is really sales alone can do the job. It's important that we have the support of the marketing organization, 
the back of the house. I mean, sales is really important, but of course the rest of the organization, the back of the house, if they don't make the products, there is nothing we can sell. So it's important, the, the team approach and having those systems. So when I moved to the new company, to SPI Pharma, it's a smaller company, great company. I'm really proud of the things that we've been able to achieve in the last three years that I've been with the company. Some of those things have been helping the organization that was there already to create adoption to, with the CRM, which was the same CRM. And since I had the experience then, I got the chance to work directly with our um, CRM administrator. And we have created adoption. We have changed a little bit the way that we do reportings. We've done, you know, created new tools to make the sales cycle easier for the sales team. We, um, I champion an objective about connecting all of the opportunities that we, all of the samples that we send out with our opportunities in the system. So we can track, because you know, like you've said in other podcasts, the seeding, the importance of the seeding. And especially in life science, the sales process is very long. And the chance for success, like in any business, statistically is probably 25%. So we came up with a system or a, a KPI of a number, specific number of new opportunities that we want the team to be opening every year in a given year just for probability because we know that not everything goes through, not everything we close, for many reasons. A lot of them are outside our control. So we wanna make sure that the team was sitting and creating as many new opportunities as possible to increase the chances to grow and have a sustainable growth. So those are some of the things that we've been implemented since we started. We also came up with a distribution management program, like a, you know, they were using distributor, but there was not a formal management program. And we work on that because it's important. Again, distribution is an extension of the sales organization. It's our channel, right? And we make sure that we have a system in place and that we implement a um, business review and that we build and grow the relationship with our external partners. So. There are things that we've been doing. We've launched new process, new products. It's going well. It's growing. We have created dashboard to track those launch in our CRM. So a lot had happened in the last three years, but I'm, I'm really proud of those things that we have achieved. I love it. I always tell people my chemist brain is what makes me so process oriented. And I feel like you have just confirmed that, right? Um, having those processes down, knowing that one plus one equals two, I think it really helps the sales teams flow and it helps you in leadership really understand the effort we're putting in, the input, does it equal the output? And one thing that you said that really resonated with me was you're talking about ensuring that you're connecting the actual samples that were sent out to the opportunities, to the deals in the system. Because one thing that I found, and it's STEM companies, it doesn't matter if they're a technology company or if a life science company, They'll just do a demo or they'll give a trial, but it's not connected to an opportunity. Or you do sample testing for four or five or six samples and it's not connected to an opportunity because people exist in silos, right? It's like the application scientists aren't always talking to the salespeople. And so they're not able to connect. Hey, we did all this free testing for you. So now what are you going to do for us? And so the fact that you have it all built in so a salesperson can go in during the day and say, okay, this is what I've done. These are the samples that have gone out. And this is what I'm trying to get to, right? And it's not a KPI for a week or a day 
or a month, it's a year. So in January, if you start soft, then maybe in July, it'll get heavier, right? And so I really like that whole process, that whole system that you put into place. Correct. I mean, and it also helps them to keep up with their pipeline, right? And the territory and it kind of remove the clutter because then opportunities that, you know, that didn't go for whatever reason, then you just, what we say, kill the opportunity, put it behind and focus on the new ones, right? And like you said, and then that's anyway, stay they in the system, live there forever. So you can always go back and kind of do, you know, the churn and say, hey, maybe it didn't work but then, but who knows, maybe now they work or maybe now I can talk about something else. And you can go back and you have the reference. So yeah, we found that is important and beneficial for the sales organization to have all those opportunities tied to those samples, recorded together and tied together. Yes. And so tell me, what changes have you seen since you've started implementing some of these processes throughout the sales organization with the actual sales team? So um, I, I, I feel like the team understand better their territories, um, their process, the portfolio, and actually, honestly, how, how the sales cycle works for them. I see more engagement, people are happier, and we've seen really the project, the moment we link, we completed that project of linking samples with opportunity, the number of opportunities resulted like in 360% increase from the prior year, either because they were not recording or I don't know, but we definitely saw the progress. I mean, it increased dramatically the number of opportunity created in the system. And again, that helps then and it helps also the leadership of the organization to see the progress, to see that the pipeline is there and it's healthy. And I think it makes everyone's job more efficient. Yes, and I know that one thing that salespeople see, you know, when we do sample testing, so just in case you're not in the life science or you've never done sample testing, typically in these industries where you're selling a reagent or an instrument or something, people want proof of concept. So just like in technology sales, you do a trial, right? So you do a 14-day trial. Sample testing is the same thing. It's offering the customer something to see how your product works. And so really, a lot of times, salespeople feel like they're doing sample testing in a silo. But if you can see that, hey, I did this six months ago, and now this opportunity is moving through the pipeline, and I'm about to win a sale, it helps them feel like they're not just spinning their wheels by doing all of this sample testing. And you said there was a 360% increase in what? I didn't catch what you said. In the number of opportunities open, let's say in 2020 versus 2019. Wow. Process, process. Process. That's what a solid sales process can do for you. More open opportunities. And like you said, we know our close rate is about 25%. So if we open more, we'll close more. I love it. Correct. So you've given us some good success stories and some good things that you've accomplished in your current position. Is there anything else or a specific thing that you want to share with us that you're especially proud of? Yeah, sure. I just, I'll tell you a little bit more of um, what I mentioned about in my previous job when I took that role that it was so undefined, unknown, right? A lot of challenge. It was really scary because like I said, it was a brand new role created, but I embraced, embraced the challenge and it went really well. So well that after that, the company did another acquisition with another life science company 
And the parent company liked so much what we were doing here in North America that after that acquisition, they decided to roll out a similar role, a similar structure in the rest of the world globally. And I'm really proud of that because I feel like I was part of that transformation. I was a kind of a pioneer for that organization with that role and that business unit. And um, it's, that structure is very well still alive in that organization. So that's something I'm really proud of to be part of that transformation because I took the chance and that gave the organization also the opportunity to see that it actually worked. It was, it was important. It was good to create that role to add focus to that portfolio. And the business grew, you know, and like I said, that's when I moved to the other role in Latin America that I was doing the same. Definitely very proud of what the team achieved there when I was working with them that first year in Latin America. They grew the business like 20% year over year. They were called on stage in a global sales meeting that we had that first year that I was with them. And um, it's something also that I was really, really proud because they went on stage and I won a, a prize for growing the business um, 20% year over year. That's amazing. You have talked about being a pioneer and really spearheading so many different initiatives throughout your career. I'm curious, where do you get your inspiration from? What gets you excited to say, I'm going to try something different. I want to try something new. Uh, well, I think I am driven by challenge. Maybe as a, as a scientist, I'm very right, curious and I like challenge. And, um, and of course, also I care about people to me one of the most important things in leadership. I believe in that kind of leadership, right? Taking care of your people, people first, like you said, right? Processes and profit, the three Ps. But yeah, I mean, that drives me. Challenge, helping people, right? Remove obstacle, make sure that we have processes in place because I strongly believe in that. Again, it's probably my scientific background, but I believe the importance of both helping people, taking care of them, and uh, making sure you have process in place that you give your team the tools that they need to succeed. I love it. I think every strong sales leader has the same two things that are, are most important for them, their people and their process, right? If you don't have the right people in the right roles, doesn't matter what that process is, it's not gonna work. And if you have excellent people, but you don't have a process for them to follow, for them to be strong and feel confident, then you're never going to lead to profitability. And in every single role you've been in, I've heard double digit or sometimes triple digit growth. So you obviously have the, the secret sauce. Thank you. So if people want to get in contact with you, what is the one best way that they can reach out to you? LinkedIn, as you notice, I'm always there. Coraline Gonzalez, not that many Coraline Gonzalez, so it's easy to find me. And yeah, send me a note or ask for a connection. I'll be very happy to connect. Awesome, awesome. Yes, Carolyn is very active on LinkedIn. She likes my posts and comments on my posts. And I appreciate that because, um, you know, when you're on LinkedIn and you're trying to, to build out your thought leadership or sharing your thoughts, having good followers is, is awesome. So definitely reach out to her if you're interested in this ascent that she made from chemist to salesperson to sales manager to now a global sales manager. Yes. And thank you so much, Carolyn, for joining today. I appreciate your time and all of your wonderful insights. Thank you so much to you for having me.
Awesome. And that is another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Please leave a rating, a review, and remember in everything that you do, transform your sales. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.